Well, fuck you, Craig, and welcome, welcome, welcome back to the 97th rendition of Cooped Up Conversations with Aaron, Joey, Prokop, and me, Cooper, joining us today, a very special guest, an absolute legend who just treated us like royalty for no reason. We appreciate it so much. Played a great course, Wentworth Hills. Mr. Ryan, I didn't get your last name, and we probably shouldn't say it. <laughs> what's going on? Hey, what's up? No, uh, my last name is Paholic, but <laughs> pa- what what is what origin is that? Polish, actually. Oh, yeah. a fellow Pole. Yeah. Oh no, I know. <laughs> oh, That's no. why we get along so well. <laughs> so, I love the yeah. jump. Hey, Joe, what do you got to say? I'm not Polish, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm Polish. <laughs> unfortunately, for who? I don't know what to say. I hate the intros, dude. The first few minutes is always fucking brutal. Do you want me to intro this? Since I want Ryan's you to intro a pro cop. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm, so I'm mellow right I now. I don't, I don't know how I'll start this off, but me and Ryan go back freaking preschool. Yeah. Literally, Animal Crackers, Animal Crackers preschool, Animal North Attleboro, the the home, the uh, you know the place where Aaron Hernandez did the thing. Uh, Allegedly, that's technically Attleboro, but yeah, he was innocent. That's how we know each other, and. <laughs> Ryan uh, let us come out to his fucking gorgeous country club. I don't, great, I don't know if you want to like, talk about that at yeah, all. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Feel free if you, you want to. Let's do that. We're gonna, we're gonna do that. Do the passing of the mic. Sorry. Yeah. So I'm glad to have you guys out. You know, any any exposure to the course is great. Um, we've had this <laughs> since 2012. Um, obviously, I was telling these guys a little bit about in the beginning. Um, my grandfather was a plumber, and he. Uh, Bought Heather Hill as like a investment in 1983, and then from there Heather Hill, which is two and a half miles down the road from here, was successful course, did really well with it. And um, after he died in 2011, and my uh, dad took over, we saw this as an investment opportunity, and then it, uh, it ended up working out really well. Revived Wentworth, and uh, here we are today. So yeah, it's a, it's such a cool layout because like I played a different round of golf than I played in a long time, like just even shot wise. Like club selection, stuff like that. It was like a lot different round than ever. So if you haven't ever played here, dude, you need to get out here. This was a fucking fun round. Yeah, I mean, the, the fairways are challenging. I mean, our our, um, our groundskeeper, Peter, uh, Peter Olson, he does a great job with everything. So he treats this almost like his lawn. So like if, it was, if he lived here. So yeah, I mean, it's all our staff and our grounds crew. I mean, they're the, the glue that keeps us together and gets this thing going. The greens rolled so true too. Like it was one of the, it's like when did you guys aerate? I'm glad you asked that because I was actually embarrassed to have you guys come out because I aerated today. So, really? It was yeah, today? Dude, was they today. rolled we, really we true. today. Yeah, no. So he uses a smaller plug machine. So like the holes in the greens aren't as noticeable. But uh, yeah, we aerated today though. Dude, it for, for aerating, like... I've been on courses where they aerated like that week and stuff like that, and it was like unplayable. The putts rolled like super true. Yeah, I mean, like I said, if you use that huge machine, I mean, some yeah. courses it's like a maze. Like when you play mini golf, like can't even <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, insane. It's yeah, dude, that's awesome. But um, yeah. So you you said you run in college. Like what what event do you do in college? So I I ran Division One track at Bryant. Um, I I was a captain there. Uh, I ran the eight hundred and the mile. So that's my specialty. So it's like middle distance running. It's like um, kind of combining almost like if a sprinter and then a long distance runner kind of had a baby, that would be a middle <laughs> distance runner, basically. So that's my thing. 
What was your mile time? I ran four eleven in college. So That's fucking I was, absurd. Uh, I was happy with it. I still I still have Bryant's mile record for now, but these two twins that are really good at Bryant, they'll probably break it eventually. But you know, it was cool to break it when I was in college. It was a good time. So that's the that's the record. What was the record before? It was four fifteen, uh, before yeah. And so I uh, I was I was happy with uh, that's fucking absurd. Yeah. Have you ever done like a marathon or anything like that? I did. It, you know, that's see, that's the funny thing is it's always the annoying question that people always ask you if you're a runner. So a mile and an eight hundred is so much different than than a marathon. But everybody's like, oh, you ran, you ran in college, you ever run a marathon? So to answer your question, yes. To stop people from asking me that question, I did run a marathon. Uh, <laughs> I ran a, I ran this marathon called the Beantown Marathon in Hingham. I did it with a bunch of my college teammates right after I finished grad school, um, and I qualified for the Boston Marathon. Super excited to run it. Unfortunately, the Boston Marathon I qualified for was COVID, so 2020. So I trained all winter for the Boston Marathon, and then it, uh, it got canceled in March of 2020. But... I did end up getting to run it when they had the October one, so I got to do it, run that course, and it was it was fun. I mean, I've been going out there since I was a kid, so to finally get to do it meant a lot. How do you prevent nipple chafage? Dude, you actually, sense? you actually, it's so funny. You have to tape them like with like little band aids. So like the morning of the race, um, <laughs> they had to like put band aids on my nipples and Vaseline <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, I actually didn't even realize that was a problem, but. Uh, when I was training for the first marathon I ever did, me and one of my teammates uh, did like a 20 mile run, and like my freaking nipples like, were killing me after the <laughs> run. I was like, fuck, like, why is, why is this so painful? And uh, yeah, it was. That's, that's why, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Have you ever heard about the, uh, the London marathon where it was like, 65 or 70 degrees and it was so hot that people were like passing out and shit because they weren't used to it being that hot? No, not Celsius, I don't think. They're, I don't know. They're not adaptable over there. I heard. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. No, I mean, even Boston is like that. Like, it's the weather is so, like, variable, and, and it's you, it's hit or miss around here in New England. I mean, you guys are all New England natives, so you know that it's, like, it can it can be tough, right? Like, because you train all winter, and you're so used to cold weather, so when you hit, like, that, like, first 80-degree, 70-degree day, if you hit that in June, right, or July, you're used to that, but when you hit that in April, that's why people always pass out on these races. <laughs> Then you're running 26 miles, which I don't think people are meant to do. No, definitely not. It's actually very bad. For you. <laughs> like I was going to yeah. say, definitely not great. <laughs> very tough, very tough. That's mad funny. So you've known Pro Cop since Animal Crackers. Did he used to be a bully, dude? I don't no, know. I think no, he's hiding he was, something. He was he was always always a really a really good friend. We always like hung out, had a lot of common interests. You know, we loved playing like Beyblades, Yu Gi Oh, Pokemon, Legos. Matt was kind of like uh, I always make fun of him though whenever he posts things like that he collects because like <laughs> when he was a kid he took horrible care of his toys. Like if there was like somebody who would be like Sid in Toy Story. Matt would probably be Sid. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you want to. If you want to kind of throw a rebuttal here, but like I do want to. This hear a rebuttal. kid is picture perfect. This kid made Lego kits for people and then was like, "Here, they're completed," and like sold them on eBay. Is that something? I'm. Am I making you this completed up Lego kits? Like made the Lego like. So I never sold Legos on eBay. However, yes, no. I did build people's Lego sets for them because they like. They, like, wouldn't follow the directions and stuff. And I know, like, Lego is, like, about being creative and stuff. But, like, dude, you you can't even tell me that when you're, like, a 12-year-old kid and you buy a huge spaceship or, like, a Lego Imperial Star Destroyer, you're, like, yeah, 
I want to make my own square out of all these pieces that I got. No, you want to build a Star Destroyer <laughs> picture. It's just half the time the kids couldn't do it. But yeah. So you were just elite. You were, I was just elite Lego yeah, builder, you, I guess. Dude. I, I built one. I built this one is actually like worth like hundreds of dollars now. It's the slave one, the original slave one, hmm? uh, the Boba Fett ship. It's like worth hundreds of dollars. It's the one that looks like a, um, like flies like sideways. Yeah, like it's this, got like, like a the... big. It's got a big flat side, and it looks like a. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah. it looks like a thing you can. Looks like a hair dryer. Looks like a hair dryer. Um, I broke that, <laughs> and I don't think he let me live that one down. I also could not make the Imperial Star Destroyer. I gave up on that one. So I, I will say I, I had to give up on that. That's those the ones. big triangle one, right? See, my uncle gave me one of those when I was like six or seven years old, like way too young to put those things together, at least if with my mental capacity. No, I mean, it's tough. They take hours. Like, like I can't even say, like, when I was a little kid, I used to, like, fail at Legos all the time. I'd be so mad, especially because I had this one friend that was, like, so good at them. And I would feel so bad about myself when I would build them, <laughs> and I couldn't do it. I remember one time I got one for Christmas, and, like, dude, I spent all day building this, like, all day. And I made a mistake on the first page, but I didn't realize it, and it made the structural integrity of the, like, Lego, like, not work. And I got the last page, clicked the last piece, it broke. Had a meltdown. Meltdown. <laughs> yeah, mom had to take the Lego away from me that day. So. I'm fucking dead. Yeah. I had something similar happen to me with an IKEA shelf, but it wasn't when I was a kid. It was like <laughs> six months ago. I like did some. I put something in backwards, and it was the same thing. I didn't notice until I put the thing up. I'm like, I put the fucking shelf in backwards, and it's hammered it. I'm like, I almost lost it. But that anger is like unmatched. That like kind of like boiling anger that you can't calm down. And, like, because you made something, a mistake, you can't fix it, so you just want to smash. Dude, That's when you spend feeling. all day doing something, I don't care what it is, when you get to the end and that finish line and then it breaks, freak out. It's like, what yeah. are you going to do? Like, <laughs> Matt was the video game friend, though. Like, I mean, he was so much better than me when we were kids at that stuff. It's like, funny because like, he's not good now. No, but, I mean, I mean, back then, seriously, like, he would be all, he was the one who would recommend me all, all the games that I would play. I mean, my, my, one of my most favorite games of all time was recommended by Matt. He recommended this game called Uncharted. Nathan Drake, I don't know if you saw the Sony movie, but doesn't do the video doesn't game justice. Do doesn't do it justice, but, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was a pro. I mean, I'm kind of disappointed to hear that he's uh, not good now, but. Okay, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a big story movie guy. Like, if a game's got a good campaign that's going to get you in, like, a movie, mm-hmm. Uncharted 2, best campaign written ever. What console um, was this on? P- it was a PS3. Um, okay. I think it was... Yeah, I think it was Sony only. So Sony, yeah, yes, it was a Sony exclusive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, maybe I'll just take the mic. Um, but um, free, freaking fantastic, like, freaking um, fantastic, freaking fantastic writing, voice acting, and it's like playing a movie. It's and that's how it was advertised originally, and it actually plays out like that. Um, I also like recommend Infamous from the PlayStation Three era. This is, like, a video game all about, like, Spider-Man parkour, but you don't have web slinging. You actually have electric powers. You can, like, grind <laughs> on, like, subway wa- rails. That's dope. And um, it's all about karma. Uh, you can be a villain, 
and have people fear you in the city and rule like a gang lord, or you can be a good guy and have people praise you. So Ooh. when you go into areas of the city that people hate you, they'll throw rocks at you. And when you go in and people love you, they cheer you and also beat up like the other gang members that you might be like fighting. Really, inter- really interesting games in that era of PS3 that I love. I have to interject with this infamous thing to tell a funny story about Matt. So, like, he was addicted to that game as a kid. Um, I actually became very close with Matt's little brother, Thomas, because when Infamous came out, I would go over to hang out with Matt, and I wanted to hang out with Matt and do stuff, like go outside and do stuff around the neighborhood. But my dude was like, there's like these little shard things, I think, right? You have to collect some. There's some collectible to beat the game 100%. Because beating the game was just not good enough for Matt. He had to do everything. So, dude, he would spend all day playing that. He'd be like, yo, you want to go outside? He'd be like, yeah, in a minute. In a minute. Yeah, in a minute. So I was, I was with Thomas. <laughs> I'm dead. Were you a Mountain Dew funding kid? Uh, I was a grandma's cookies and milk kid. <laughs> cookies and milk? Grandma made fucking cookies, and then there was car- cartons of milk. Ryan, back me up. Cartons of milk? I, I just have to say that Matt's grandmother was the GOAT. Marie was was unbelievable woman. I, I literally loved her like my, my own grandmother. Seriously, I mean, I um, when I was a kid... My grandmother died when uh, I was really little, so I never got to know her. And then my dad's mom died when he was like 15. Not to get like deep on some podcast for fun, but Matt's grandmother meant a lot to me because I mean she was seriously such a nice lady. Was very always supportive. Always called, asked about me. Was super Aww. nice to my mom. So great, great lady, Marie. Great lady. Is that the house you own now? Yes, I live in her house. I don't know if you know that, right? <laughs> I, I did know that. I think I think my mom ran into your word mom at like Target or something. Like you show a word of mouth, but yeah, I I did know that. I did know that. So, dude, did the cross country team at Bryant throw down? Did you guys have a sick party house or what? Yeah, I mean, so like it, it it's hit or miss. Like some some of the kids did did party a lot. Um, I I did when I was like a freshman and sophomore. Um, and then when I, I kind of got really serious my junior year, and I, I called it Mormon mode, where Mormon I like mode. I just like wouldn't I just like wouldn't drink during the season. I'd go to bed really early. I mean, it, I think another thing that changed, too, is we had practice in the morning. So it, it, it's really tough to get up at 6 for practice after crushing a bunch of, like, beers till 3 o'clock in the morning and then go run 10 miles. Not not the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> that, I mean, I, I had done it before. But, um, <laughs> so I, I – they do. They do throw down. So but. when you did the when you did the 411, you said you weren't drinking. No, I was not. I was That's, not drinking. So I did not sense, I did not though. drink to, to celebrate after that either. Did they give you like a plaque? Do you have like a plaque at the school? Uh so I mean I there's this thing called like the Bulldog Award there. You get your name on the school for like the best athlete in that specific sport. So, like, I, I got that for track. So, I, uh, so you're like a legend. I, yeah, I would that's say, a fu- you know, that's, fucking dope. that's fucking dope. That's fucking dope. I, I mean, I appreciate it. I, I don't really like the term legend. <laughs> I, don't like I mean, like, you know what I mean? I mean, there will be records are meant to be broken, right? I mean, there will be kids that will come to Bryant that will eventually run faster than I did. Yeah. And, and there will be kids that will run faster than they did. I mean, all, all you can really do is when you when you go to a school, right, is to just try to be the best athlete you can you can be and leave your mark some way and then be happy for for the next generation. So while I was there, I, I that's what I what I tried to do. Dude, fuck yeah, dude. That's dope. D- Bryant's D1 too, right? Yeah, that's yeah, not they, a joke. They are, yeah. So they became D1 in 2008. So like when we were in like middle school. Yeah. Dude, I always forget about Bryant. I don't know why, but it's like, how far is it from here? Where, like in relation to here? I would say probably like 30, 40 minutes. I mean, we just accepted the Bryant woman's 
golf team. Um, so they, they must be they, good. They uh, they like probably commute about thirty forty minutes. I'd say yeah. Are they filthy? Have you seen them play? So it's a it's a new program, right? So I don't I don't know how good they are right now or how they'll fare. Uh, they're not even in the America East. So Bryant just left the NEC to go to the America East conference. Um, so I don't know how they'll fare in that. I think that they're in like the Big South, though. It's weird. Like the America East doesn't like sponsor women's golf. So, but I mean, I I think the program will do good. The coach seems like a good guy. So, you guys will be playing UML now, dude. American East. Yeah, actually, I loved running at UMass though. Like, like so. What's cool about track is like we got to run at like it's it's a big invitational. So you, it's yeah. not like you only run against NEC schools and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I had some races at UMass Lowell. I liked the campus. It was cool. Uh, cool area. You leave campus, not so cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, before races, you have to warm up. So I would go for a two-mile run before my race, and, like, I would run through the neighborhoods, and I'd be like, man, maybe I shouldn't, shouldn't be doing yeah, this. Yeah, some of them are fine. Some, if you run fast enough, you're good. There you go. There fine. you go. It's a cool area, though, for sure. How far did you guys travel for that, like? Stayed, stayed in New England for the most part? Uh, no, no. I mean, I went all around. I raced in California. Uh, I raced in Florida, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina. Dude, that must have been dope. Because you did, you did, uh, you not only went to Bryant to run, you went to University of Tampa to run for a little bit, right? Yeah, so I, I redshirted my freshman, I mean, my sophomore year of outdoor track. Uh, obviously, you guys know red shirting is right. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah. I, I just trained with the team, didn't compete or race. Um, and so I never thought I was going to use that eligibility. But then my senior year went so well, I was like, I might as well get a graduate degree. So uh, University of Tampa, uh, I was down to Tampa, Louisville, and uh, I looked at Providence College. And then University of South Carolina were my four schools. But I, I chose Tampa because I only had outdoor track eligibility left. And they start outdoor track in February. Versus all those other schools started in April. So it was like... You got more time. More time, yeah. yeah. So. That must have sucked running and then not getting to compete and like having to train that whole year. That must have been kind of brutal. I'm sure it's the same for every red shirt, but... Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely at least a lot easier, I will say, than like if you redshirt like a basketball player or a baseball player or a golf guy because like track has three seasons really if you're a distance runner cross country indoor and outdoor track so it's like i really only missed that year like i got to compete in the fall i got to compete in the winter so you really only missed the spring oh okay yeah that's not bad dude fuck yeah what else did we uh what else did we have here dude i'm fucking tired yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys grinded out there for a long time. I yeah, mean, it uh, seemed like well, how long has this podcast been going? I'd love to hear more t- about you guys. I mean, I know it's your, I'm sure all your viewers know, but no, yeah, I didn't really. dude, yeah, no. So we started. Me and the kid who's not here started like we did one episode during COVID, like the first few weeks of COVID. Then we had him on the second one, and then we did it for a few weeks, where like or like probably a month or two, right? Two months? No, more than that. Maybe almost. Pro Cup. How long was it before Pro Cup? A month or two, yeah. We didn't do every week. That's the thing. We didn't do, I feel like we didn't do every week as consistent. So it might have been even like three, yeah. Yeah, because we did about like 20 episodes without Pro Cup. And then Pro Cup came on, started editing it. That's when we kind of really started taking it seriously. But this is like the first, the last six months, I'd say it's the first like time we've really really grinded and been doing other stuff other than just recording once a week because i feel like we needed to get like used to doing stuff but now we're kind of at that point so the last like six months like we've been doing a lot more in-person stuff 
we uh we we've been golfing doing golf content and then what what are like what are your like events is it all golf content related or is it like uh, no we kind of don't have any kind of topic i guess like it kind of goes with the flow we like do the, we do a lot of golf content because it's easy like when we go there's like a course in our town it's like a par three course and it's like 15 bucks after two so we just go out there in the afternoon after work at five and just play as much as we can record stuff put some stuff on instagram we've been like kind of we haven't really put well like long to like put together golf videos but like on social media it kind of blows up quick is that the medium that is do you think the best to upload podcasts these days other than youtube anymore people don't do youtube or the youtubes have gone well dude we posted one you post on youtube too when we do videos we post on youtube and we did one that came out that had like i don't know what it is at now but it was close to 100 and then we still got decent listens on Spotify and stuff. I think like our YouTube stuff does like fairly well because I think just the visual medium, like people like like to the see. look. Yeah, just just had on the YouTube. Like we hit 100 views on a YouTube video, which is unheard of for our podcast. Like our top like podcast views is like 66. It's like like we're not like obviously like. You know, we say it every time. We're just four guys, four white guys with a podcast. We're nothing special. But it's, like, you know, nice to actually see it, like, you know, come into fruition in a way. It's kind of crazy when we post on YouTube and it gets, like, an outer look. So if you're new to the channel or new to Cooped Up Convos because you're watching this, thank you. Yeah, shout out to you. Yeah, yeah. but, but we, uh, we had, like, one really good week, like, in April or May where we had, like, 200 listens in a week, which was, like, big for us and then we've stayed pretty solid like on spotify like above like i I think for the most part it's been above 50 each week like listens to all episodes that we put up some people are a little bit behind stuff like that but enough people like pop in and stuff it's great i've read like that like for for stuff like this it's like the first like 500 or like a thousand people to listen is like the hardest oh yeah or with youtube would be like subscribers like the first thousands the hardest and then once you hit that it just grows exponentially like which is which is funny yeah like comes in chunks like even uh, like so this week on tiktok i posted a few that like got on the algorithm and we've gained like 250 followers in like two days on tiktok which is like huge for us because like tiktok obviously like it's a fucking cesspool but like if you can get enough <laughs> eyes like because then one or two people will come from tiktok check out our instagram stuff like that like our instagram's been growing we've get, we've gained like 20 followers this week on instagram which is tough so yeah so we're finally at 200 which is dope and yeah we're like we're moving we're trying to get it going that's that's good we actually fun fact we have a kid in our town he lives literally a half mile down the road from me or used to that became a youtuber he had he got he got to the million he hit the million uh, yeah machinima for a while sgc Damn. sgc barbarian minecraft uh youtuber this guy nick barbarian he was a cool dude um he lost he actually I, I was so sad i just i every once in a while i check on his channel because he stopped making contact but he like just fell below a million subscribers for the because he like stopped because it was i don't know i think he just probably reached the peak and he was he was done but i mean it was it was huge for him though i mean it was always awesome to get to a million yeah dude i mean that would be kind of fucking crazy especially with how like saturated podcasts and stuff are now that's why we're trying to do different stuff because like some people might not want to come and listen to us talk for two hours about nonsense. So, like, we put short stuff out. And, like, we just kind of try to make it more digestible for people, which is good. But you got to chum. We were talking about this last night. I feel like this is the, the, the era of chumming. And then 
if people like it, they'll kind of sift through. But I, I just wanted to say on uh, on SGC Barbarian, go check go check out the OG kid <laughs> bought a freaking Camaro in high school with Legend. that money. It, it was insane. Like he came, like everyone knew about it. Like, oh yeah, he's got a, he's YouTube famous. He plays Minecraft. And then like one week he came in with the Camaro, and everyone was like, oh shit, this Dude, kid's making he must have money. Walked around like his dong was the biggest on campus for like a week. His nose. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, but he's, he's Italian. I mean, I mean, he, yeah. seriously, he was like, he was super, super good though. Like with, with, with that. Yeah. He, like, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't, I mean, I, I, I subscribed. I had to, I don't even play Minecraft, but I wanted to support like, because yeah. it was like, it was cool to like, to see that. Cause I mean, there's so many people that, that try something like that. And like a lot of people take the safe path and the boring thing. And, and Nick didn't even, even do that. He just went right for it, went for his dream and he didn't go to college. He skipped that and went right into that. Um, and now he doesn't make videos anymore. He's like a consultant for other other YouTube channels like he that's basically awesome. like plans YouTube videos yeah so it's cool dude that's I, I feel like that's the thing we were, we were talking we had some influencer from Cleveland on last week and she was talking about just like jumping in and doing it and she like blew up in like a few months it's just like the getting past the having not that many people listen for a while and then it's kind of like you grow a little slowly. You once you get past the embarrassment of like oh like people definitely talk shit that we have a fucking podcast it's kind of been good, but yeah. I mean, that's probably the tough part about it, right? Is it's yeah. like, it's like in the beginning, it's like, oh, wow, I'm so cringe. And it's like, would, but, but would you rather have people think you're cringe in the beginning to have a shot at that million subscriber famous podcast? Or would you rather just do a normal yeah. job thing? Boring, not, not go for it. I mean, you might as well go for it. I mean, even like, look at like Logan and Jake Paul, right? Everybody laughed at them. I mean, people still do, but I mean, like, they're making millions yeah, of dollars winning. on their yeah. fights. And I mean, like, who's really laughing now? Like, in the beginning, though, Logan Paul was, like, the laughing stock of his college, right? Because he was just making these dumb buying videos. And, like, you know what I mean? It blew yeah. up. Yeah, it's just, like, you got to kind of put yourself out there. And if it doesn't work, oh, well. We try to keep it pretty down the middle, though, just in case, like, HR ever gets a hold of it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Where, where do you guys work? work? I mean, do you uh, say that on the podcast? Uh, or no, we, no, we don't really talk don't about it. I, I, yeah, no, no. I'm an analyst. We don't say That's company say. names, but we can, we, like, yeah. here, here, I do, I do public sector contracts for a big IT company. And Joey has an NDA, so we won't actually yeah. ask him. Well, I can say what I do. Okay, what do you do? Engineer. <laughs> Joey, so you engineer. Have, you engineer maybe uh are you reverse engineering UFOs? <laughs> Is that what you're No, no, no. Nothing that, that crazy. <laughs> well, maybe it's an NDA. You guys don't know. Yeah, you actually. don't fucking know. They, they, most of you do know. <laughs> you don't know. Because all that stuff is like need to know basis. So that's what's, that's what's funny about it. It's not government. It's not, I'm not government building though. bombs. Right. <laughs> he is not Raytheoning, yeah. We do know Raytheon people, but. <laughs> you make money. <laughs> we didn't get that on the record, but you can I was put, the yeah. engineering major. I mean, that, that seems intense. One of, one of my friends. My my good friend from high school, he he tried to be a biomechanical engineer, uh, and he went to UMass Dartmouth, yeah. and he failed out and then joined the Army. I mean, it worked out for him when he joined the Army, but... Yeah, it's one of those things, like, the whole bio stuff, like, I can't do. Like, that doesn't click in my brain at all. I honestly don't think it's real, most of it, as we've said on the podcast. <laughs> uh, I was a mechanical engineer, and um, 
I'm actually not a mechanical engineer now. I'm electrical. But those two are, like, I don't know. They're, like, a lot physics heavy. So it kind of clicks in your head. But, like, I was president of a fraternity at, like, three weeks, three days a week, right? Probably going hard. So it was not easy, <laughs> especially with the vice president of Greek council, too. It was a lot of, a lot of overnights. So, like that. so Ryan, um, when I was Work at hard, school, we, I, did, I didn't do the sports. I, I should have kept up with some sport, but no, I went. My sport was drinking. I don't know if I've really told you that I was in a fraternity in in college, but um, this is, this, this is how we know each other. This is how yeah, me, yeah, Coop, yeah, cool. um, uh, not not like it, not that it's shameful. <laughs> is it going? Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, <laughs> Uh, but Joey was my, is my little, well, not was my, um, Joey like joined under me, was the president of our fraternity. I was vice president for him when we, I was Greek council president. So that was like the entire Greek organization. So I was vice president totally for you. stroking my yeah. dick on camera right now, yeah, but, but like, so we, tra- we trade roles. I'm literally yeah. like me and Joey, like fucking ran shit. It was great. And got drunk and got and okay got grades. Okay. You can't so, laugh at those so grades. So when I, I guess I have to ask your guys' opinion on this. So then how many how many years out of school are you you two? Because you seem um, younger than Matt, right? Two. Two years two, out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so how do you guys still go back ever or no? You know, or is it just or was it just cut that thing off right away? No, cut not too often. Like, I, I wish so I graduated right like when COVID hit, see you guys kind of got robbed. I will say that. Yeah. I felt the most bad oh, for you. I feel the most bad for your grade because it's like, for me, I mean, there was a, there was a lot of closure for Brian, right? You finish it yeah. out in May, you graduate, and even I get that bonus here in Tampa. Same thing. It's like, but with you guys, it's like all of a sudden it just ends. And I yeah, mean, like, I know you only missed like three months, but it, I feel like that like last three months is like you close all those doors, and so for, that's for sure. Tough. Like I I remember setting up my schedule because I did I did like an internship for like most of a year so i didn't i kind of like missed like a year um so i set up everything for that last semester to be like easy able to like you know go out with a bang and all of a sudden boom covid so it did suck we had to do the graduation on a powerpoint they sent us so that was cool but i could skip across all the names to o'brien yeah and the thing for me too is the best part is i i didn't walk in graduation and stuff so i don't have any of the pictures and then I had my job called to like make sure I graduated from school there, and originally they were like, "Yeah, he didn't graduate here," and we're like, "I had to like dig and call the registrar and stuff and find it," and I didn't have like any photographic proof that I graduated, which was great. But yeah, that that was the thing. I don't like neither of us really go back. Like, um, we go like not to parties and stuff. We go to like events that like alumni are supposed to be at, but like, I don't know. We never we never push it. I feel like I don't. I, I don't need I've to go to parties. I've tempted lately, but every t- like I live in Woodsocket, and that's an hour. That's an hour and a half. Hour, yeah, hour and a half. Hour fifteen, if you're being generous, up to Lowell, just to uh, have some shitty beer, see some kids that I probably don't know. That don't, Maybe one yeah. person I do know, and then drive all the way back or sleep there. Mm, I, I, I'm sorry, guys, you're not getting me out. I, I like going. But I don't like going for parties. Like, I like going on, like, a weekend and everybody's chilling, like, watching football or something. I'll go by and, like, smoke some weed and leave. But, like, 
Yeah, it, we also like it got cut off, and then I think some of the kids who were like newer think we're like older than we are. So it's like it's kind of like we don't want to be those guys who are like like thirty coming back. Like you know what I mean? I went back to Bryant once to party, and it was four years after I graduated. So I graduated in 2018, and um, there was this class of kids, the class I just missed, they were like recruits coming to Bryant, and I met them, and I actually became really good friends with them. And one of these kids, they would always ask me, Ryan, you never go back to college, you never go back, you never go back, you gotta go back and party. So I said, he's my good friend Jason, talented runner, he's actually running at Virginia Tech now, he had some COVID eligibility, but um, he said, can I have one cash-in Ryan card where you have to come back to Bryant to party no matter what? I was like, all right, Jason, fine. I told him that like three years ago. Didn't think anything of it. His last night of college, right, some random Saturday in May, no, some random Friday night in May, he's like, cash is in this favor. And I'm sitting on my bed comfortable, no, like, want to go out, like, about to, like, go out to dinner with, like, my family. I get this text, you got to come back to Bryant. I canceled all my plans that day and the next day. Dude, you're a man of your word, man. I did. I kept my word, and I showed up, and I woke up on a Bryant University couch at age 26. So <laughs> did not think that was going to happen, but you know, I'm glad I kept the promise. And I, honestly, I was glad because it was, it was nice to come back at least one time because it was something I never did to, to come back on campus. See, if you do it like rarely like that, then I think it's like appreciated. <laughs> like, and it's almost more acceptable, but when like, it's like a, like a habit, I don't think it's appreciated we, as much. We have some, we have some uh, good, you know, some habitual returners. Ret- yeah. Got some guys that like to come back. Yeah, you know, that's, that's what that's what I was going to ask, and I, I feel like you guys probably have funny stories about that. I I, I wasn't in a fraternity, right? So I, I I feel like you guys probably have kids that you know that like really probably go back way too much versus like because I don't really know any, but like even the people I ran with at Bryant or my friends, I didn't have any that like would come back all the time. We didn't, we uh, in our age group, I feel like a lot of us settled down like relationship wise at the same time. So like, so a lot of us had girlfriends going into like junior year and we all kind of started to slow down and kind of take more of the like leadership roles in the house and kind of phased ourselves out slowly. Whereas like, I feel like the people who were older than us didn't do that. So they got used to coming around a lot more, but yeah, like there's some people that are like, we would have like the like freshman first party of like the year and like someone who's married with a kid comes walking in and you're like, a party is just like, dude. So, I, I just want to like even put in before that. So when I joined my freshman year, there were guys who were 26 in the house. They were guys who were still in school, 26. They moved around to different schools, and they were like, this is like a fantastic place that I want to be. No, no, like putting crap on those guys for like they're figuring out their college lives and stuff, and they finally get to the fraternity. It's like a good place for them to hang out. And then it's like you're 18, and you're like, you're 26? I thought you were like 21, dude. Like, I thought you were at the edge. And then you're like, uh, I don't know about me. I didn't want to, I don't want to be 26. Still living in the house. I and, couldn't fucking do out, it. I couldn't around. do it, man. It's like, yeah. it's an experience, and I'm glad that, like, I did it. Especially because, like, when I feel like when pe- people hear we were in fraternity, like we they think like a certain thing of it, and it's like it's really hard to explain. Like, yo, like it really wasn't 
what you're imagining it being. Because, like, some guy, when I started doing stand-up, kind of, like, was giving me shit about being in a frat. And I'm like, yeah, man, it's not, like, a frat. Fr-. I'm like, we paid, like, 300 bucks a semester. Like, it's not, like, a, <laughs> like a real one. So, like, <laughs> what what was, like, the worst, most egregious like person that would come back like oldest like when we were like when we were like we were like dude like when you graduated I was literally in middle school did you guys have any any that were like that bad like cause you just said there some was, man there came was, back with yeah, kids the, so that's where I really there's was some curious, people who like, are on like let's just say double digit composites and stuff like that which is fine and they like do they like sleep there or do they drive back like, a lot of them drive yeah, that's not great. A lot of them drive. <laughs> yeah, it's we try to. Like, we try. Like, we were especially like we like really tried to make people stay, but like. So what was what was the earliest graduation year that you like? There were like the like most far out of call that you heard. I will say back. most of the people that did come back uh, habitually what? from that long ago probably didn't graduate. Like but O two. But like even two. maybe even older than that sometimes yeah it, like ninety eight once in a while. Well, there's like two different. There, there. We have a bartender. Events, a bartender we have a lot of who, events. Too. We have a bartender in the frat who would come back at night, two a.m. My guy, you know who you are if you're watching. I'm not gonna dox you, my guy. Uh, best shots. Big when, fan of the ice. He would bring the ice. Yeah, he great guy. Um, o two, I'm, I'm pretty certain, but which is fine. We're just we're just mentioning it. It's a little old. But Here's the deal. It, you live your life. 2 a.m. That worries. 2 a.m. Not always. 2 a.m. Tom. 2 a.m. <laughs> not his name was not Tom, and they know it's not Tom. The, the funny, people who know. The funniest thing about the fraternity stuff, and it's like, I like it's cool that there's people who like care and stuff. But one of the weirdest things about being in a fraternity that I don't think I really like looked at until I started getting older. Was the people who would come and be, like, pissed off at you for doing certain stuff. Like, not anything bad, but, like, changing things from, like, how it used to be, let's just say. And it's, like, you'd, like, remove yourself from it for a minute, and you'd be, like, dude, you're, like, fucking 38. (laughs) All right? And it's, like, I'm 18, 19, 20 years old, and that's fine. And it's, like, I agree that, like, it's almost like it's, like, a a mini-America. You know what I mean? You got, like, your... People that, like, are old and appreciate what it is and, like, kind of help out where it's needed. And then you got the boomers who, like, scream about how much better, like, shit was back in the day. And though you can be varying ages, even, like, your age. Like, it's just, like, it's such a weird, it's such a weird environment of people. Because it's, like, it, it exposed you to a lot of uh, characters. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's crazy, even hearing, like, 38 and all, all this, because it's, like... Like, like, I'd be honest with you right now. Like, you could plot me on a college campus right now, and I honestly would probably have so much in common with all the students and stuff, and I'd be able to, like, party like I did in college, do all that. Like, it, it wouldn't really feel any different. But then I think, like, all right, like, seven, eight years down the line, a decade down the line, I don't think I could do it. Like, like the difference between a 26-year-old and a 21-year-old, 22-year-old, it's not really that much. You know, when you're 18 and you, you think that it that it's a lot and you think, it's oh, not, that's so bad, yeah. but, it, but it's nothing. But, like, 38, I really do think, like, I mean, wow. <laughs> no, it's like, dude, <laughs> like, what, there's, like, I think there's a definite generational gap. And I'd say for someone like us, like our age, I'd feel like it's someone who's, like, 30 or up. Like, there's just, like, that slight, like, we just missed some of the stuff that, like, it's like that we're on the cusp of like being a little bit younger and they're on the cusp of being a little bit older. 
and it's like kind of like that little disconnect so what is that like four or five years for us i feel like once you get past that threshold like it's yeah, kind of tough it's, it's like i like i think like I, I just look at like the kids these days and it's like all right could i could i have like a fun day if i was still in high school could i have a fun day if i was still a freshman in college like where where do you draw the line where it's like all right i have nothing in common with these kids i think it's probably i mean i think there's studies on this it's like i think like eight years or something like that eight to ten that makes sense yeah i think it's a four-year cycle i always i always put fads in four-year cycle because i always say what does the juniors in high school think because they do not like what the seniors in high school think and it's always kind of i always think of like like junior high school girls as like the gauge of like what? what's popular? What the fuck the, are you talking this about? This is how fads cycle get this in off America. The fucking whatever, podcast. Get this off the fucking podcast. Dude, whatever the junior high school girls St- are. Stop doubling down. Because <laughs> think what if someone they? just clipping that junior Who? high school girls as we're talking on oh, the fucking podcast, you idiot. <laughs> Sorry, they're in control of the high school. <laughs> That's joking. what I'm saying. Junior high school uh, girls are in control of the high school and the fads that run the high school. Oh my god, I'm fucking dead. I know what you're saying though. I I think it's like the, uh, I think it's like the four years. If you're within someone's four year, I was also joking. Broke up. Please don't be mad. Between the four years, I feel like that's when you have the chance to really connect with someone. Like you're like, because I feel like you get kind of you're similar. Like, but once you get past like five, it's like all right, you can kind of still get along. And then I, I think agree. Five to eight is like that's, that's the window. That's why, because I, I say you can. I, and it sounds kind of dumb, but I, I, I say you can just miss them, like just miss the high school. Be, like, because like some of my best friends, when I graduated Bryant, were graduating high school. And then I met them when I did my fifth year of college, like in, in Tampa and stuff. And I, when I got there, at first I was like, holy shit, like these kids were like graduating high school when I was graduating college. Like I am a full four years removed from them. But we had like similar stuff in yeah. common and it, and it was the same. But coming that I think comes down to like um, I feel like technology kind of has stagnated a little bit. Um, I have a cousin that's 10 years younger than me and I have a cousin that's 10 years older than me. And if I look at my high school experience i had snapchat i had instagram i had twitter facebook all that was around he uses all that stuff uh live streaming was a thing twitch was a thing all of that was a thing but you go 10 years back to my other cousin who's 10 years older than me and none of that stuff existed in 2004 when he was in high school so it's like yeah it's weird i think i think it comes down to technology too yeah and i it's funny too because i feel like Especially a trend that I'm seeing on social media is like the people, like the the zillennials and like the Gen Z and the whatever is younger than Gen Z. I don't even know what they are, but they all roast millennials. I feel like millennials took like the most heat, like got shit on by the boomers because they didn't connect with them because they had just too much technology and they started getting soft, yada yada yada. And then it's like the Gen Z kids hate fucking millennials they think they're stupid they make fun of them for collecting lightsabers like dude it's like those people are the fucking people who are like five to ten years older than us i kind of feel really bad for right right how many lightsabers do you still own i own one from like my childhood days that i found in the basement all broke i was like okay i guess i gotta hold on to this one a very special lightsaber actually i own this green one that i got at Thomas's birthday party. So his little brother had a Star Wars themed birthday party. And like I said, Matt was like a borderline video game addict as a kid. What do you know do you remember what Tom's birthday is? What is day? 
what date it is? No. May 4th. May 4th. Oh, that's why? <laughs> yeah, I guess. But anyway, we had a Star Wars-themed party, and, and like I had, I had this lightsaber from Thomas that I had for years, and um, I, I just kept it. I don't know why, but like I said, I, I was like the oldest person at Thomas's birthday party because Thomas is like four years younger than us, but like I would always hang out with Thomas because Matt would be like grinding a video Matt game. Would be like not even a joke. Like you had one time you had me over, dude, and you found every Pokemon and Diamond and Pearl Pokedex. Like like for the day. You like completed the Pokedex. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but like I do not remember that. Dude, 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 dude my I must God. have like I I think I have ADD, but I I gotta get a diagnosis. That's something for sure. I do like. I do not remember you coming over and being like, "Matt, get off the fucking PS3 and stop <laughs> grinding." <laughs> Touch grass, kid. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, nah, I don't know. I mean, it was still fun hanging out there, though. We used to meet you, Nick, Eric, Evan. You know, good times, uh, dog. Good, good times. times. I was saying it's always interesting to see Pro Cop. Outside of like the friend group that we have Prokop in, because he's not the Prokop of your guys' friend group, which is funny. <laughs> that's true. That's like, true. Yeah, I just knew it was that. Like, yeah. Dude, he's a uh, he's a character, man, one of a kind. That's, that's mad funny. funny. Were you chubby back in the day or no? Always skinny. No, no. I'm imagining was, you being a little troll kid. He was just kind of pretty much <laughs> a little pudgy face, I guess. But I mean, baby he was, fat. He was, yeah, yeah, like yeah baby yeah. fat. Like, he was always pretty much normal, normal. Style. Pretty much normal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking dead. So, um, one thing. Uh, can, can we ask about the thing that you were talking about opening up? Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Go for how, it. How how has that process been? Like opening a dispensary in Mass. I feel like the hoops that you have to go through is fucking insane. Do you had to get like a? Did you get like a, the license through a lottery? Like, isn't that the case? No, it wasn't a lottery. So it's it. That's for different. Like, I think that might be for like um, transportation. Oh, okay. Um, but for for us, it was just like um, a lot of paperwork. Uh, a lot of first, you have to go to a, a town. You have to get a host agreement, right? So that's step one. So that's what we did in early 2019. So you get a host agreement, and the town's like, all right, I agree, you can open a dispensary in the town. That's tough in itself. Then you have to get approved by the zoning board. And then after you get approved by the zoning board, which is actually the hardest part, um, you have to get the building inspector to approve your architectural plans. Then they have to come in, and then you have to start dealing with the Cannabis Control Commission, which is where we are now, just finishing up our final two inspections. But, like, the whole process took us three years, and, I mean, like, it was it was a grind. Um, but here we are, and uh, excited. What, is Western Mass, like, easier for that? Like, is that why you chose out there? So, I mean, I tried to open one in, in North Attleboro, got rejected immediately. Slam dunk. The town Shut said down, no? said no. Yeah, it sucked. Um we are fighting right now with the town next to North Atterboro. Just drop the north, so <laughs> But uh, I think we're going to settle on that to open a dispensary there, um, hopefully. And then we're we're trying to open one in Hopedale, but it's not really going the best. Hopedale, um, where's Hopedale? I've heard about that before. It's uh, kind of like it's close by here. It's like right near Bellingham, like up up. Oh, Bellingham, okay, you know, okay, okay. Yeah, it's, but uh, so so out of the out of the three out of the three Greenfield was the one that just went through and then and then I mean the town was super helpful building inspector was a super nice guy um, and it all worked out um, but yeah just finalizing it man how close to ninety one are you uh, I would say maybe seven miles nice yeah it's it's close didn't fuck yeah. They have so much dispensaries out there. Like, dude, that's a, like a place that loves weed. <laughs> they love yeah, the weed out ask, there. Like, do you have like a lot of competition in the area? 
there's only one dispensary in the town of Greenfield, That's which awesome. is huge for us. Um, and so it's it's not like it is so hard to open a dispensary in Massachusetts that it's it's not going to be like Colorado or California where the market gets super saturated. Um, like they they are only giving a certain amount of host agreements in the entire state, and once they're gone, you can't open a dispensary anymore. So. There's like going to be, I think, like there's like thousands of liquor stores in Massachusetts, and most of them are all pretty profitable. Um, just as many people smoke weed as they do drink these days. Oh, and, I'm sure. Um, like, there's only going to be like five or six percent of the amount of cannabis dispensaries as there are liquor stores. So it's like there's going to be t- like that's why it's a pretty profitable industry right now. That's awesome. Yeah, and dude, I, I feel like out there, a lot of people in like Connecticut, because Connecticut's legal for weed now, but they haven't opened their dispensaries. So a lot of people love going up to like the Western yeah, Mass to do their good, stuff. Is it's, it's right near Connecticut, and we're right near Vermont. So like, we're looking for places to live. I looked in Brattleboro, Vermont to, to stay. Oh, so. that's right near, that's kind of near North Adams, right? Totally. That's where uh, like me and Megan go to fucking To go fucking fuck? What? Camp. To f- for fucking camp and like, su- <laughs> and like to summer and shit. <laughs> fucking camp. To fucking that's camp and um, there's a nudist uh, colony out there on Route Two. Is that no. where you go? But like that's that's <laughs> like one thing camp. that I wouldn't think about at all is the Vermont because they're they're not super big on the recreational. Like you kind of you kind of have to have your own backyard thing. Mm. It's legal. Like they have no problem with it. Um, but they aren't. Um, implementing dispensaries as quickly, I think. Snow Hicks, man. Not efficient. Yeah, and I mean, so that that's what's good, right? Is like you get, like, the other state traffic coming down. I mean, you, Connecticut's right there, too, and it's not legal there yet. So it's, like, it's a, it's a growing industry. I mean, the, the one thing I will say about the cannabis dispensary industry, it, what I loved is, like, I went to this networking event um, for, for playing Frisbee golf. Uh, I was telling you guys a little bit about it, but, like, the like distributors and all the people there were so helpful, super nice, and it's like they wanted to see everybody succeed. So it wasn't just like they were like out to get you or they yeah. weren't taking you seriously. Like a- any questions I had, they, they were all super nice, super helpful, super informative. So what would you say like the average age of like people who are doing that? Would you say it's like kind of closer to you or like? Yeah, and then you get the people uh, from the business like side that are like older like you know like 40s 50s but um a lot of the kids that are like bud tenders and stuff like that and new to the industry all around my age and your age so are you like a big person personally are you like a big pot guy or like what do you just think it's a profitable thing um, to do? so i mean it's a good right i would sell toilet paper if like if it was like profitable so i i personally am, am not like daily user no um yeah. every once in a while my friends yeah i, I occasionally get high and stuff like that like everybody does but like not i don't like use it like weekly you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's kind of like a once in a once in a while thing that's interesting there's a ton of people i feel like that are getting into weed that are like that which i find like super interesting. yeah i mean for me it's just like i don't know i i guess all of college i got drug tested right so it was yeah which like, makes it, was sense. Like a ban- it wasn't allowed by the ncaa um so i didn't do it then and then um after i i would do it a few it, it it was almost one of those things where it's like I liked for like a special occasion to mm-hmm. do it. I will say though, like during like COVID, I definitely did it a lot more. Yeah, because uh, it was just like there's nothing to do or, or go. But yeah, it's basically. It seems like you guys are you guys daily. I mean, nothing wrong with it. I mean, no, no, yeah, I, I, I try to not be. I like I do it when I'm social a lot more. Like when we were out here, I smoked smoked a few joints. But like if I'm at home, I'll smoke like a bomb bowl at night. Like if I do, like I try to keep it pretty low. 
Brad, I don't know if I've ever told you this. I've been daily since junior year of high school. So, like, I knew you smoked weed, right? Even in high school, I would right. hang out, dude. I knew you smoked weed, so it wasn't a big deal. But, like, dude, I will say, like, some of the worst things that I think that they ever did for, like, middle schoolers was in elementary schools was the D.A.R.E. program. Because, dude, when I was in, like, eighth grade, ninth grade, I, like, thought that weed was, like, the same level as, like, freaking, like, heroin. Because, like, that's how the D.A.R.E. program makes it out to be. They're, like, any drug or alcohol is, like, so bad. Like, like you, they scare you when you're a little kid. So, Which like, is, like, counterproductive because then it's, like, once people smoke weed and they're, like, oh, this isn't a big deal at all. Or if, like, oh, I drink and I don't die right away, it's, like, oh, like, maybe crack's not that bad. No, like, it's right. Like, you know, and so right? that's that's what it's, it, it's bad. And that's why I think, like, England and, like, the U.K. with the drinking age does things a lot better because they started at 18. It's not this taboo thing. I mean, I was a wreck when I started drinking. I didn't drink in oh, high yeah. school. So, like, my first, like, week of drinking in college, I know what I was doing. It was a wreck. Like, it's tough. Yeah, and it's so easy to, de- to, de- to develop unhealthy habits when you kind of, like, start like that. And then it's just, like, if you never get control of it, and I feel like that's kind of where – a lot of people slip. Like that's one thing I was kind of happy about COVID, is it because it, it stopped me drinking a lot. Because like I was smoking and drinking the last few years of college, but I was like still better than freshman and like sophomore year. But so you guys never ever in your entire like weed career gotten like bad highs. We were like, oh, I have. We were like, dude, like shit. Like I feel like I'm having a heart attack right now. Like mostly from edibles. I I one day made like a during the start of COVID, we were playing Warzone. And I made, like, a smoothie, and I threw probably, like, seven grams of, like, vaped weed into the smoothie and drank it all. And then I ate two things of Campbell's soup, and I didn't water it down. So in my head, I'm like, I'm having a heart attack because of the soup. And I wasn't. It was just because I ate way too much weed. I mean, yeah, I've had my brownies where I'm like, I am on another level, and it's like six hours. It feels like six hours, but it's really just like two and a half, and then you finally fall asleep. I've also, um, our uh, our great friend Nick, across the street from me, um, I I um, watched his house one summer and uh, smoked some real, like, fire red, like, uh, sativa stuff. Mm. Like, very, very got your brain going. Close your <laughs> eyes. You kind of see a little cartoonies. Like, very good stuff. Not good when the filter of the pool has been off for the week, and you go like, oh, they're they're not home. I'll just jump in really quick. And you jump in. You, you take a hit. You're like, woo, this is some good weed. And then you jump into a, uh, uh, an algae-filled pool, and you feel all, like, the, the algae moving on you. That the, yeah, I've had, I've had bad ones, but, like... You, you know, very relatable feeling. <laughs> I had a horrible time with an edible once. Right after I graduated college, um, me and like some of my high school friends were like, "All right, today is the day. Like, we're just all gonna like rip edibles. It's like to celebrate. It's fun." But it was right before recreational weed was like a thing. So we were like, "All right." hit up my friend's little brother. He had a medical card, so he bought us edibles. But he wanted to mess with us, so he bought us these like little gummies, and I like took two of them because. It's a classic edible story, right? You don't think it's strong enough. And we were all just like on the couch, all of us just sitting there for hours. And then one of my friends just gets up and is like, dude, my heart, my heart, my heart. I'm fucking dead. Freaking out, like freaks everybody else out. And it was like, I have to say I had like a bad 30 minutes, but then then I felt great for hours. Yeah. And it was like, 
worth it. Once you get through that like intense anxiety and it, like you get to the other side of it, you're like, oh, this it's is like, dope. It's so nice. Yeah. I gotta say, it's like I feel like with weed, which what I've noticed is like it's like this initial. No matter what, like after 30 minutes, it's gone. It's, it's gone. Like how bad you feel, and then you just get to enjoy. Yeah, it's so not in- intense. Like, but I don't know. I I think like I have like a, a hypothesis that I've cooked up that if people like start smoking weed younger, they have like less and less ability to like fight through that. I feel like like I we have like a ton of friends that started smoking when they're like twelve, thirteen years old, and now don't smoke anymore because they like anxiety shit like that. They just don't do it. Whereas like I didn't start really smoking heavily until college. Like honestly, sophomore year of college is when I really started smoking heavily, and I feel like I have. Like, I can kind of get through the anxiety a little bit more. But I don't know. I just feel like it's like a – it's when you start it kind of, I feel like. I don't know. We, weed's weird, man. It's Matt, when weird. did you um, – when did – I've always – never – because I always knew you smoked even when we were in high school and stuff. But when when did you actually start? Well, when, like – like, what was the story with that? Like, <laughs> So it had to be, like, hockey or something. Like, everyone was talking about weed. Um, Matt H. Do you remember Matt, Matt- – Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> well, we don't like doxing everyone, Ryan. Uh, so your name got doxed. Yeah, yeah, no, like we're not that big yet, and yeah. like Joe. So we keep we 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 we, 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 we you know we're, we're we're being respected. <laughs> he he went to UML too. Who did? I don't know if uh, Matt H. Um, he mm. I think he was a little bit older. He was in my year, so he probably didn't come around the house and was definitely around like the tip, which was our like local. Uh, like music venue that like and the shaft basement. yeah the tip the shaft and the vatican um vatican. so everyone was like talking about it's like whatever i gotta get it and uh brad a maybe maybe got me my, my um my like first like gram someone got when? me my first gram <laughs> and what? then like oh no you know who it was uh <laughs> You you <laughs> you remember Zach and AJ? Dude, you're the, dude, how many names are you dropping? Yeah, yeah. 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 hey, North Attleboro, North Attleboro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So Zach and <laughs> literally doxing everyone, but they don't, if they if they stumble upon this, they're gonna laugh and they don't fucking care. Uh, Zach and Andrea smoke me up. Well, Some purple derpy super good stuff that like I was like wow this is fantastic, um, and then I like you know you know met the you know our local stoners and would pick up a fucking gram every now and then and I would literally smoke like one hits out of like bongs I made like from plastic bottles in this one hitter I had and uh, yeah that's, when uh, was this this was ju- this was ju- like sophomore through senior year of high school okay. until I actually got real pieces. I'm dead. So, like, how, didn't you say you had some close calls? Because it's not like your, your parents were kind of strict with some stuff. Like, like, didn't you say, like, I just remember one time you told me, like, I think you listened to some Beastie Boys song or something. And you were like, yeah, I was really motivated to smoke after that. And then you said you, like, smoked and you came home. And, like, your mom was like, What's, what did you just go do? Right? Like, did you ever get caught when you were in high school? They had to have known. Not in high school, I think. Maybe technically, like, a summer into college. And then... My mom like went through my drawer and was like, "What is all this?" I'm like, "I smoke weed, mom." And then she was like, "Ah, damn it, you got away with it." 
Dude, you had that Buzz Lightyear toy in your in your room, and I remember he was asking, he was like telling me once, he was like, "Where should I hide my?" Weed? Like he didn't like he was like telling me where he hid his weed and stuff, and I told him, I was like, "Dude, hide in the Buzz Lightyear," and he like refused. I said like, "Take the Buzz Lightyear batteries out, put it in there. No one is ever gonna find it." I thought Dude, it this a guy fucking dope yeah. hiding spot. That, that is. I would have had to, to use a screwdriver each time to get my weed. <laughs> That's true. And then, and then when you were like stoned out of your mind, you'd be like. Like trying to put the screws in, just like yeah. super out of it, yeah. So, uh, how are, you, are your like parents like cool with weed? Like, what? How, how was explaining to them that you wanted to open a dispensary? Yeah, they don't care. I mean, and it also was a lot of my dad's idea too. I mean, we we tried to turn that golf course around, and then somebody tried to buy it because it was in a zone for marijuana. So it, they never had a problem with it. I mean, I feel like they they know it like the facts about it you know i mean both of them have done it before so it's not like you know they, they never really were hardcore like devil's yeah. lettuce bad yeah i my parents were for a while and now they're not which is like a honestly my sister they're like scared of her so uh once she started smoking it became like okay like i came home one time and i'm not like this was before i was like allowed to smoke around them like i still had to hide and stuff but they were fine if i like went out back and smoked weed she was like ripping dabs in our like living room with her with her little uh, New Jersey troll boyfriend, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And that's when it was okay. And ever since, we were able to smoke weed around the house, which is dope. Yeah, I kind of made it okay for Tom. Tom, fucking the you always so, gotta be the trailblazer. Like, yeah, you're the oldest gotta be the trailblazer. So like, um. Definitely was like, okay, we smoke weed, Mom. I come home, and I smoke weed out on the porch when I live at home. It's 11 o'clock at night. You're asleep. I, you shouldn't care. And then eventually, I, when Megan moved back home with me, we were smoking. like We were living in the basement and smoking out of like the bulkhead. <laughs> and and like that was fine. Like that, that was no problem. And then Tom was like, fine, if they're, when he came home from school, he's like, if they're smoking out the bulkhead, I'm smoking out, I'm living in Matt's room now, and I, like, I'm smoking out his window. And it's like, perfect, we've totally taken over at this point. It's so funny to just visualize, like, how, how everything just, like, wow, I can't believe that. <laughs> Lost your words there, yeah. I, should, I haven't been to your North Adderall house in, in forever. But you don't even go there anymore. Now you live in Woonsocket, right? So it's like, how often are you are you in North? I was there today because I picked up the clubs. <laughs> um, because the club, they're my dad's clubs, and I gotta get my own clubs. But um, I mean, to go shopping like that, everything's on Route One. So that Emerald that's at Real Square Mall. Like that's that's why we're going over here, or we go up to like Franklin or Rentham because we're right by the outlets. The outlets, insane, dope, dope. But um, yeah. So what what time are we looking at? How are we looking? Early an hour. Is that how long these episodes are on? Yeah. We'll this go is, longer. We'll go two is like where we push it. We are at. We just hit about an hour five. More. Um, I'm trying to think of other questions. I'm sorry. I'm fucking. I'm out of it. What do you got? A question. So how was did COVID affect like opening up the so bad so yeah. bad? You said three dude. years, but I was thinking like, like yeah, last three dude. years. So like I I posted on LinkedIn like hyped like that I was gonna open this in like April of like 2021. Super embarrassing. <laughs> Got flamed by all my friends because like how badly I missed my deadline. But like 
the thing that killed us, right, was construction. All of the COVID regulations, normally the plumber builds something and at the same time he's doing something, the electrician is in there. And at the same time the electrician is doing something, like uh, the carpenters are in there. And we, we couldn't do that. Everybody had to go in separately. But the problem is a lot of the jobs in that building that we were, were renovating to become a dispensary build off each other. So the plumber needs to do something that the electrician then needs to do, and then the plumber can go back to his job. So it was, it was really tough coordinating the scheduling with all these guys because of that. And then on top of that, the price of construction materials skyrocketed up, like like a thousand percent like something like ridiculous so it was like what are you gonna do man yeah no we have and again inspections too like we op- my family opened an axe throwing bar in the middle of covid and again the inspections and stuff like it was impossible they're inspecting so many buildings and they have like so many rules about like who can be in there like what you were saying like so we just end up building a lot of it ourselves because we didn't it was just our family and then trying to get like electricians in was just a nightmare because like exactly what you're saying. Yeah, that's um, we did the same thing. So I relate to that. I, I, we, my dad and I put up a fence together, which I'm proud of. My friends make fun <laughs> of me because I spent hours building this fence, like all day, like in this random November day, digging holes using like a, uh, like a that little thing that like auger, the auger to dig and stuff. Hours putting this fence up, and I was so proud of it. We poured in pavement and everything, made it look good. First fucking windstorm, whole fence falls down. Humiliating, yeah. dude. There, there was a few like, like in the last year. There's been some brutal storms. Like my yeah. backyard got decimated. Like my parents' backyard, they lost like two massive trees. Their fence got fucking crushed by the trees. Like nuts. So, I don't think it was a building flaw. I think it was just massive winds. Ah, you'd say I, I got flamed hard though. Man. Really? I mean, yeah. I was proud of the fence too. I was like really proud of the fence, and um, <laughs> it's devastating. We had to end up having some guy come and help us fix it. So it wasn't a DIY kind of thing, unfortunately. Did you take but, a picture of the fence once it was done? Yeah, and when it when it fell too. Yeah, I have pictures of the fence. Yes. See, you you completed it. Just because it didn't withstand nature doesn't mean you didn't accomplish something. I had to say it's one of the worst texts I've ever gotten. And my dad sent me a picture of the fence all on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of time gone. <laughs> Devastating. Oh, but pro cop, do you have any questions before we? I don't think I got any questions. I just want to, you know, say again, thank you to Ryan. Yeah, like, dude, this fucking, was fucking insane. This was a great day. Like, I, I told them like, oh yeah, I totally forgot. Like, my my buddy Ryan like run, runs this whole thing with his dad, and then like, you you came out of nowhere, totally realist MVP to ever live, made this thing happen. Like, obviously, super happy to have you on the podcast. Dude, we gotta but get like, you on again for sure. Yeah, dude. When you like, get the disco yeah. open and shit, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I, mean, I love having you guys. Uh, it was a lot of fun doing this. Seriously, it's my first podcast, so dude, you, you uh, wouldn't be fun. able to tell, dude. You were a fucking natural. <laughs> um, but I, 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 public speaking was the only thing in school I was like good at. I guess like like everything else I like had to grind, like study for. But public speaking was like my favorite thing. Did you ever run for student body president? I did not. I uh, I entered a pitch competition though, like pitching a business idea when I was in college, and I got like second. So Fuck yeah, I dude. Like, yeah. But uh, no, seriously though, I loved uh, I loved being on this thing. It was it was a blast. You guys are very creative. I uh, I wish you all the best. Hopefully, <laughs> oh, thank this you, thing thank explodes you. eventually someday. You know what I mean, dude. That's the the, that's the goal. But I just want to add, like, yeah, when 
like you were saying with uh what do you guys have like a what's the company name ryan yeah what? yeah we forgot so to green, green river cannabis is the dispensary in greenfield massachusetts um I, seriously when we open if you guys want to come down for a podcast and have, it on, the, have, have it on the on the dispensary that i would think be cool we too. have to do that and then you guys could probably talk about your favorite strains and stuff like that seriously though so yeah dude connoisseur sure. some might say durban poison Love me a good Durban poison oil. Can smoke that all day long. Keeps me fucking going. Interesting. Love it. Lo- love me a good indica. So do you have like a specific grower that you're going to be working with? Or do you like kind of, are you going to be shopping around for different vendors? What That's you what do? I'm doing right now. Um, so I've talked to a few. I said indica. It's a sativa. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, t- I've talked to a few. Uh, one of them was super, super nice, super helpful, and they reached out to us. So I think I think we're probably going to go with them to stock our store, at least for the initial inspection, and see where it goes from there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's such a great industry. Like, none of them were, like, felt like they were out to get me or, like, screw me over. It was all just, like, they wanted to see you succeed just as much as they wanted to succeed. So Would you say that, like, prices across the board between growers that you've, like, interacted with have been pretty similar, or are there some that, like, are really, like, up – up a level or what would you say i would say the prices are pretty much more or less similar the thing that i think is going to be the biggest problem and one of the biggest things is there's this integrated system called metric mm-hmm. and like you have to be certified to use it to log all of the cannabis that that comes in and like i'm the only one that in our company right now that is certified to do that and i have to be here like on the back half of the week so it's looking for like dispensaries that have their Western Mass delivery day Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Basically, is what I'm trying to do. Are there like a lot of options for that? Or yeah, there's a ton. I mean, there's great. a ton of things out there. There's a ton of growers out there. I mean, I, it'll be fine. I'm not too stressed about it, dude. Fuck yeah, that's yeah. gonna be awesome. I'm man. excited. Yeah. So, what's the date that you're looking at? So I don't do dates anymore after no, my you debacle. Don't do, after my debacle do, you have, do you have like that. an estimate? Yeah. So, I mean, it depends on next week is huge. So next next third, no, Wednesday, uh, they're coming in. The state is coming in and inspecting us. And if we do that, that's when we're going to start bringing in product. And then I have my final scheduled whenever the state wants to. So next next week's big. That'll, that'll tell me when really. I mean, I'm hoping by sometime by the end of the fall. Dude, that'd be awesome. Goal, so. Hopefully by when this comes out next week, you oh, would have heard, heard good news. Week, you would have heard good news. No, I'm yeah. saying you heard good news by next week. That would be great. Do they tell you right away from no, your inspection? No, for sure not. I mean, I Did wish. I mean, like in a perfect world, yes, but no, probably. I would say like they'll probably come in and no matter how diligent you are, they're going to find something wrong, right? And it's going to be one of those things where it's like the building sector comes in, they're like, you need to fix that. But in good faith, we'll issue this, but you have to send us a picture of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it'll take a week or two after they come in where we they give us our deficiencies and we just do it. And then they don't have to come back, but they issue it. So, Dude, awesome. Well, congrats on that. Dude, this fucking course was awesome. We had a great time. You're an absolute legend. We appreciate you coming on. This was a great little fucking conversation. Yeah, this is fun. It's fun to catch up with Matt. It's awesome. Dude, if you guys are looking to golf this fall, come out to Wentworth Hills in Plainville, and then you can hit the Slots Casino in Plainville after. I don't know how far that is from there. It's actually, it's yeah, it's, it's Slots only. It's uh, it's called Plain Ridge Park. Play the Slots after Wentworth Hills, dude. This was great. But thank you for coming on. Pro Cop, great job. Dude, I might do some Slots. <laughs> 